All right, welcome to the Chaz Palmitary Show. Uh, it's Monday at 11 o'clock, you know what that means. It's the Chaz Palmitary Show on YouTube, Google, Spotify, and Apple. And uh, we have the girls with us today. Tara Connor Tracy. Uh, no. Did I say it right? Canis Tracy. Canis Tracy. Tara Canis Tracy. Six years, I know him. Six years, I still, I still do it. Catherine Narducci here on my right. Tara, Catherine. Uh, and we're going to do an episode today. But before I do that, don't forget June 4th, I am at the Richfield Playhouse. Oh, yes. Richfield Playhouse in Richfield, Connecticut, June 11th. I'm in Huntington, uh, Huntington, Long Island at the Paramount Theater. And June 23rd, June 23rd, I am at Dover, Delaware at the Rollins Theater. And don't forget net. And could I say something about yeah. you? Yes, what? Don't forget <laughs> Chaz Palmentary. Go to the, the website and the merch. And today, Tara is modeling. Oh, I didn't see Tara's that. Tara's modeling. A Bronx tail. Turn around. You got to turn around and twerk. Turn around. Turn around. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> the saddest thing in life is wasted talent. You go to that, the merch. I have Now You Can't Leave. I also have uh, one of the great one ones. The great I have one. great merchandise. And don't forget my one-on-one master class. Go to one-on-one-nyc.com uh, if you want to do my master class on how to audition. Right? People had to audition. How to audition. It's so at, important. It's a master class I teach in Manhattan. Okay. So today, we're not going to take any questions because we talked about we were just talking about what our favorite movies were. And so I said, you know what? We should talk mm-hmm. about this on the air. So uh, how do you want to start this, guys? What do you want to do? John? John? I want to know how you two met, how you got into a Bronx tale. Oh, we told oh, that story. Oh, we said that story. How she how, got into a Bronx tale. I can tale. tell you how I met Chad. Let's hear it. Well, how did I? Yeah. Oh, yes. Mm. So um, it's so funny how how things in life happen the way they happen. But... uh. I was first. We we're going to talk about movies. My favorite movie of all time, forever to this day, will be Moonstruck. Moonstruck, great and movie. I was on Danny Aiello's Italian Chicks, which is a female comedy show for Italian, where that featured Italian women at the time, <clears throat> and Phil Folia, who I knew from the Bronx, uh, whose son I had grown up with, a huge Bronx. <laughs> Italian-American advocate. That's him right there. That's him right there. That's him right there. That's Phil. Uh, had saw a post I had made. I think it was when the Bronx Tale musical came out or something. Yes. I had went to see the show. And I, I, he can tell you the behind-the-scenes part, but I think Phil was really pushing Chaz to come see me perform at that point. Oh, for a, long, for a while. Yeah. For like six, seven months. He said, you got to see this girl. She's so funny. You got to see her. I said, Phil, I'm so busy, you know. He goes, oh, you got to come. We got to help her. We got to see her. You go, She's great. Whatever we could do for her. And Phil doesn't, you know, Phil is, is like my brother, my best friend. I said, okay, okay, I'll go. So he brings me to a place and we go see you perform. And she was terrific. And you were terrific. Thank you. And he said, look, we got to help her, you know, get a, you know. And um, I said, okay. And we started to. We started to produce together. We started yes. to produce uh, right. a comedy night, uh, which was uh, comedians, uh, one night of comedy that right. honored the Chaz Palminteri Foundation. The, yeah, the um, foundation with the police, mm-hmm. the police and children, and 
And I didn't see her now for a year later, and then she comes on, and people said to me, hey, how's this girl, Tara? I said, oh, no, she's funny. I saw her. Well, she comes on, and I, and I told you, right yeah. after that night was over, I didn't see her for a year, so I don't know what she was doing for this year, but she literally blew the roof down, blew the house apart, blew the house apart. And I was like, holy shit, did she get, like, even incredible. And that's why we became yeah. friends, and that's and how the whole thing started. started merging. And then I met Catherine completely separately in Canada. Even though you two already knew each other. We know each other from, obviously, Bronx Tale, when we did Bronx Tale together. I met Catherine separately. I never met Catherine through Chaz. 1993. Now, Catherine, she said Moonstruck is her favorite movie. What is your favorite movie? My favorite movie? Uh, are we talking romantic? Any movie. What oh. is your favorite movie? God, that's... We just talked I'm going to say Wild is the Wind with Adam and Yanni, but right next Whoa. to it. I can't separate Wild is the Wind with Adam and Yanni and Anthony Quinn and... Tony Franciosa, Anthony Franciosa, um, but I also love It's a Wonderful Life. Great movie. To me, that's, oh, that's the meaning of life. Mm -hmm. Classic. Word for word, I could recite that Yeah, movie. well, I've seen that. I watch it every, every time too. it's on. Me yeah, too. And I own it. Every Christmas you I own it, watch really? it. I yeah. own it. My favorite movie is... Of all time. I know what you're going to say. I know what you're going to say. I know what you're going to say, too. Go ahead. You're going to say Streetcar. No, no. You're going to say, sorry... On the waterfront. 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 Also, Marty's favorite movie. Marty Scorsese's yes. favorite movie. I found out later after I, I said it was mine. Uh, if you watch that movie, the most perfect movie for me, writing, directing, acting of all time. On the waterfront, Marlon Brando. Even Marie Saint. Great. Um, we were talking about A Bronx Tale before that we both were mm -hmm. in. And, and, and Tara asked you a question. What was your feeling like when you first saw it? Now... This was your first real movie, right? Yeah, it was my first real anything. Your first everything. Now you're in. You're in. Take us back. Wow. Catherine, take us back. To opening night? Opening night. Take us back. You have no idea. You've never seen yourself on the big screen. You're in Bronx Tale playing Robert De Niro's wife. What was that like? I got to tell you, I took my, my two kids came. How old were your kids at the time? Oh, God, yeah. so young. My Nicholas was a baby. Like, right. I don't even know. I don't even know. Like three, four? No. No, he no, like, he was older. It's like like nine, ten. So they remember yeah. this. Yeah. Oh, okay. And 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 I remember walking into that coming down in a limo with right. my manager that I got out of that movie. Yes. And I remember uh. walking into the theater and I remember uh Francis and Amory, if Francis who played young C. Yes. Um, yeah, young Francis C. Francis Capra. Who played young C, so natural and great. And his mother and I were friends. So we all were coming from the Bronx to go down there. They had their car. I had my car. We were all meeting. And I remember we sat in those seats. And I remember when the lights went out. I didn't know what to expect. I've never done a movie. <laughs> I've never been to a premiere Imagine in my that? life. Not even a movie premiere. And I remember when we all sat down. Well, you've never been to a movie? Premiere. Premiere. Oh, premiere. Movie, premiere. premiere. So I remember when I walked in, I kissed Bob and I saw you and I was so proud. My kids were so proud. Right. And I remember sitting in those seats when the whole place went black. I heard... On the streets of the Bronx. Right, right, right. And then the it went on 
It was the music first. They let it play a little bit, and then the lights right, went on. And and you're, you're right in the beginning, too. And yeah, and the movie opened up. And I'm in the, I remember I never got that feeling back ever again. I'll never get that feeling well, again. Well, I mean, come on. It was so magical. It was right. magical. It was a proud. It was pr- I was proud. I, I knew I was supposed to be there. I knew that was my calling. All my... You felt like I'm all, here. Everything was answered. Everything was laid in front wow, of me. Wow. This is where you belong. This is oh, what man. it is. That's and great. it was such a magical feeling. And I was so proud for my kids to see me up there. Oh, wow. I, I was that. proud to see my kids like, there's mommy up there. Wow. Now, and I, you... remember, I remember like that I was, that. and to play Robert De Niro's wife and then I fell in love with you and um, I just was so happy. And Jane Rosenthal, I, I, lo- I love Jane. It was just such a beautiful group of people to work with. And then see after it was all over again, then you go to the premiere, right. and that's when you have the fun. And it's and then right. you got up, Chaz at the after party, <laughs> got up and shocked me, and he sang, um, he sang uh, Moon Dance. What a wonderful knife for Yeah, well, I was a singer, nobody knew that. And he was hot, and he was cute, and <laughs> yes. he was like the it he guy. Was, yeah, Chaz yeah, yeah. was the it guy. Come on, 1993, Chaz Palminteri, right on the actor. On the acting scene circuit, yeah, you were the it guy. Well, whatever, yeah, I guess. So. Come on, humble. Yeah. What did that feel like for you? Well, I mean, that was listen. That yeah, was yeah. new for you. You you were in the yes. business. You were in the entertainment business for me. I wasn't even in the entertainment. Oh, business. I've been trying. Okay. I was trying you for years. You were Chazmatas. You were doing. Yeah, yeah. But what was that opening night for you? Walking in and hearing it with the it people. It was really. I was really proud. And don't forget, here it is. Robert De Niro is like playing your father and this is your life up there so i was like and how many years of doing that show before that movie was made uh no no well bob saw it the first year uh bob saw it the first year and then i stopped doing it once i made the deal i only did it about a year a year before we made the movie once after the movie what about a year that's it crazy i mean i and i wrote a bronx tale i did it to get an agent Oh, yeah, yeah. I just wrote it to get an agent. My, my Caroline, who you met who works at Patricia's, yeah. came home with her husband. And I'll never forget. How many times people tell you, oh, go see this play, that, blah, blah, right. Don't ask me why I remember both of them sitting down going, we don't even know what we just saw tonight. <laughs> this guy played all the characters. He played the mother, the father. The, he played the kids. He played 25 characters. And they said you were running in place yeah. on stage. And I was like, what the hell did you see? She said it was the Bronx Tale. And this is before the movie. This was before the movie. Right. Caroline told everybody and their mother to go yeah, see it. It was pretty great. Here's the, even after the movie, I took Mike to see the one-man show, which I had saw years and years ago before, after the movie still. And even however many years after the movie, there's nothing like seeing the one-man show live. I don't care. It, there's nothing like seeing it live. I, I, and it's and it's incredible to see somebody who knows Chaz on a personal level and who's seen the movie. Mike was like this in the audience. <laughs> but you didn't know Chaz when you first saw it. When Mike saw it. I didn't see I didn't know Chaz. No, I loved the one-man show when I first... I didn't know him personally. Well, you didn't know it. him. But Is to it, see somebody who already even knows... But I'm asking who, who you a question. But I'm asking you a question. You saw it not knowing him and you saw it knowing him. What was the difference for you? Oh, that's a great question. It still mesmerized me. 
It's you know what I think, and I said this today. I did CBS Sports, and I said this today today when I did the interview because you don't realize, and I'm not saying this uh, to humble anybody. You don't realize how legendary certain things are. Like I think maybe I take for granted even people who you don't realize what the Bronx tale represents. And I'm from the Bronx and these are my friends. You don't realize it until you, and for me, it was like, I saw the movie, did not know either of you. So I was young. I was 13 when the movie came out. My sister took me. I'll never forget that. I saw the one man show a couple years after that when I was old enough to buy my own tickets and Chaz was doing the one man show in the city. I went to that. But then to evolve into your own artist, into your own thing, and to become friends with people, and then to take somebody you love to see, who already knows him, to see it, and them to be blown away, you go, I don't realize how special some of this is. Because even Mike, in his own mind, was like, that's not even the Chaz I know. You don't realize. it's. I don't care where you see it, or if you've seen the movie, or I know you, we talk about the special taping. Seeing that live... There's nothing like and it. And wait a minute. Mm. We're going to Tribeca June 14th. That's 17th. right. Oh, We're going to Tribeca no, no, no. June Film Festival. 17th. 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 So Tribeca Film Festival, they're screening a Bronx Tale, and Chaz and Bob are doing a QA. and a A after. Q&A, that's right. We've got How to... many years, Chaz? Uh, it's the 30th anniversary. 30 years. 30 years. And I've been doing the show for 34 years. Well, you know I'm what four. that, to me, I was mm. thinking about this. Yeah. The last time I saw you, I went with Chris Bancato yeah. to go see you in the, I forgot what theater it was, who cares, but yeah. I see you do it again, yeah. many times, right. this live show. And I'm thinking to myself, this man is doing it, this, this one-man show since what year? 1989. 1989. To me, that act alone of showing up and still doing it and still having the passion to get on a stage is now to me, I'm looking at this go, now that's separate from that too. That's become a life of its own. Yeah. That fact that you are still mm. doing this show full force, you're not phoning it in. No. You're still oh, well, you amazing. Can. You can't imagine it. But you listen, cannot you're, imagine it you're amazingly it. dedicated. Don't say you can't. You can, but you don't. I can't. I can never phone. Somebody, a lot of people can. A lot of people try. You don't. That's I can never. No, and that translates, and that's what keeps people. I yeah. people bring people back. I would go back to show, to show other people the same way. I want to be like, you need to see this. Like this is like a gift to see for for people to see. Well, listen yeah. to this. When people ask me that have never seen the show, they're like, how good is the one-man show? I give them a simple sentence, and I say, it made Mike Tyson cry twice. Yeah, Mike Tyson cried Cried? Twice. Cried. He says it. He cried. When he saw the show, twice he cried. He says, I couldn't stop crying. He goes, I can believe that, though. So yes, that, I can believe no, that. no, no, it's the truth. I can believe it. I can that believe itself it. is a testament to how great it is. It's, yeah. You know what it is? It's like you think one-man show, I don't know. I I saw it after the movie as as a yeah. late teen, early to, in my 20s, I saw it in the city. Uh, it still hits me the same way today. So that's how I know it's not a, it's, that's how you Yeah, know. it's one of those things that people say, how do you do that? And I go, I really don't know. I, I seriously, and I'm being falsely, humility, I do it and it feels like a spirit comes down. You're a different person a on spirit stage. spirit comes yeah. down to me. My own mother looked at me and said, who are you? Are well, you my son? Oh my, my own God. mother and father. What year was that? That was 1989. 
when my when mother you first saw did it, it, when I first did it in New York at the neighbor at uh, Playhouse ninety one, and my mother and father saw me. They went, "We don't. Who are you? You? I, we never knew this about you." And I said, "Mom, I'm just you know." She goes, "My God, we knew you were you know talented, talented. but not, you know they had no idea." You know, my own mother and father said that. Could I ask you how long did it take you to memorize the first time you go when you went back and did it in '89? How long did it, it take pretty you? Pretty fast. How long did you take you to memorize the whole play? And were you scared? And did you ever forget the lines on stage? Two questions. No, I, did I ever go? I, did I ever go up on a line? Yeah, but you know, I I I catch myself right away, and uh, and I'm okay, and nobody knows. But the weirdest nobody thing knows. was. Is when I did the musical on stage. Right. When I did the musical on stage, and then I stopped doing the musical on Broadway, and then I went back to doing the one-man show, that was the hardest. Why? Because I would act and say my lines, and I would wait for the other guy to say his lines back oh, to me. Oh, shit. Forgetting that it's me. That's Nick Cadero. Yeah. It's me. Oh. Well, Nick Cadero. Oh, God. Bless you know, I, I always, when Nick Cordero did it, then Nick left to do a film. I always was blessed. I always wanted another guy to play Sonny, and Nick was great. Nick was unbelievable. He should have been nominated for a Tony. I don't know why he, he did. He was great. And then he left to do a film, and then I took over his part. And I was fine. You know, it was really mm -hmm. good. But then when I left to go back to do the one man show, I, I forgot that the other person, it's me. And then talking, talking back. Oh, my God. So I'd be sitting, and I'd take a beat, I would go, then I turned, uh, and then I turned it to the other character. But then funny. I got used to it, and I was fine. That's funny. But um, it's one of those things that it, it was, it was never done before, and it hasn't been done since. Where a person does a whole linear movie alone on stage, you know, it just if you get a chance, I, I don't, you know, I feel funny, but chazpalmetary dot net. You'll see where I'm at a theater near you, and it's a... It's an experience. Did you ever think about doing another one, writing something else like doing that? Do you love oh, yeah, being on stage great. alone? Do you I like love being, being on stage alone, yeah. Okay, so would you ever want to do like another one-man show? Yeah, I have a couple in me that I want to do and that I want to write, but I'm writing this other thing now for Broadway, uh, a play for me and Giancarlo Esposito, I hope. I love oh, him. Yeah, he's love a, he's him. like He's like, you know... He's, he's a great guy, too, a person great as a person. Guy and oh. a, a great guy, a great guy. Talent. If I get a chance to finish it now, which I'm really trying to. He's interesting. Yes. Uh, he's really interesting. He's, he's great. Interesting. So we'll see what happens with that. And but um, no, We I'm had a really, question uh, from from last week that's kind of relevant yeah. to this. Um, the question was, um, did you ever consider making a Bronx Tale 2? Yeah, I, I know. No, wow. I never considered that. The sequel. That. The sequel, just to see where C left off or I where have he a, developed. I have a surprise coming soon because... Uh, I, about Bronx Steel, I won't say nothing about that until the. Uh, well, I didn't oh. die. No, 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 you. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, so, but no, but think, something's going to be happening with that real soon. I'm going to make an announcement. Oh. Um, hmm. No, uh, it, I know what it is. Yeah, well, a Bronx Steel changed my life. It changed Catherine's life. Uh, changed it, a lot of people's, people's lives. Here's you know, the thing: I love that it carries the word Bronx in it so much because I'm from the Bronx but it, when you say it changes so many people's lives there's a reason why this still exists it's a movie about real life life lessons mm. movies like that impact you in a way yeah like, like Catherine mentioned it's a wonderful life but those are movies there are movies that impact you for the rest of your life I think so many people 
not even from the Bronx or even a borough of New York City can say that a Bronx tale did that for them. Yeah, I'll meet I'll meet fathers and say, you know, my son and I were estranged for years, and then he took me to see your movie, and <gasps> we became close again. Wow. I'm like, my son was now again. My wow. son, my son and my daughter were on drugs, and then they came to me. They said, Dad, they're going to straighten out. They promised they wasn't going to waste their talent. I Holy mean, shit! You know, I mean, to hear stuff like that is um, well. A Bronx Tale is really a timeless piece. Say Bronx Tale never got made, and you made it today in 2023, it would do just as well and be just as impactful. I think so. Yeah, think that's so. an excellent reference. That's point. a good question. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's as big now. So as it relevant. Was then. It's still relevant. It's still relevant now as it was then. Yeah. About racism, about love between the mother, uh, the father, about. About the working Sonny, man. The working, the working man is the man. tough guy. That's right. I mean, what I hear you say a lot, and a lot of people refer to it, they call it a mafia movie. But what I like what not. you say, yeah, it's, it's not. It's a family movie. And I love that. I love how you mm-hmm. portray it. It's really it not matter. a mafia movie. It's not. You know, there's Goodfellas, there's The Godfather, which are classic movies. But those are mafia movies. Mine's a family movie. I never thought of a Bronx Tale as a mafia movie. I just heard Stallone say, which I thought was interesting, he said, Rocky. It's not a boxing movie. It's not. No. He said it's not a boxing movie. He goes, boxing fans will argue, sports people. Yeah. It's not a boxing movie. It's you know, not. It's about, it's about a guy. It's about a guy uh, come from nothing. That's right. Well, him and Stallone have something in common. These are the only two people in the world that have ever done something like this. Yeah. And taken it. So I and I are the only two people who ever did something like this. It took it all the way. You know. Um, well, no. And also that. You wouldn't have made them make it if you couldn't play Sonny. Uh, no, it wouldn't Stallone have wasn't going to put Rocky in somebody else's hands. He well, had to no. play Rocky. Yeah, he that's what I'm Rocky. saying. He was sleeping in his car. He was nope. sleeping really? in his car. Really? I didn't yeah. know that part. Yeah. He was. He was in, he was in tough shape. I mean, I, you know, we both were. I was, in, I was in tough shape, too, eating pasta and tuna fish. You know, I mean, I didn't have any money at all. I was behind. I had $200 in the bank. And I got off. Well, he got off at 400000 which was a lot of money in 1976. And he turned that down. Because he couldn't play Rocky. Because he couldn't yeah. play Rocky. I ended up turning a million dollars down uh, in 1989. Which is like five now. Yeah, you know. And I turned More, it down. I had 200 yeah. bucks in the bank and I turned it down. How I did that, I wow. don't. I, people ask me, how you how did you do well, that? How long did you deliberate with that? Like, what, what was the situation at hand that you had to say no? Like, what was the time frame? The time because frame. I, I question everything in life. Yeah, the time frame. I could tell you. First, I got offered two fifty, five hundred, one million. It went. It kept going it up. It kept going up. The hardest one to turn down was the two fifty. Wow. The hardest one. Why? Because it came out it's, of nowhere. Right. I wasn't expecting that. I just was like, they called me and said, "We're going to give you two hundred fifty thousand dollars." I said, "What? Uh, excuse me. What? I th- I wanted to get an agent. That's all I wanted. Yeah. That's why I did it." And they said, yeah. "We just want your story." And I said, "Yeah." I was so I said, well, yeah, I was such a young actor. I said, yeah, but I want to play Sonny, and I want to direct, uh, write, you know, uh, uh, you know, write it. And they said, mm-hmm. no, no, no. And I said, well, let me call you back. And they said, well, you better hurry tomorrow. And I thought about it, and I spoke to my mom and dad, and I said, I can't do this. I want to play Sonny, and I want to write. So I called them up, and they said, no. They said, fine. What did your mother and father say? They said, son, don't worry about us. You do what you have to do. Don't worry about you. Because I said, I want. That's beautiful. I want to help you guys out, and they said. Don't worry about us. We're fine. You so, just do what's right. When that next offer of $500,000 came was along. Was different people? Uh, it was different people. 
But it didn't matter anymore because it was just numbers now. Now, now so it was just numbers. Is now that you when you? I already numbers. made up yeah. my mind. Is that when wow. you knew you had something? When you got a second offer for no. double? That's what I would... No. 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 When I did kn- you know you had something? I knew I had something. I knew I had something. The. F- when Bob? I, I could tell you when I knew I had when? something. Okay. When I, I had it all, I, I had the show. I was developing it, but I never did it all together in a row. I would do thirty minutes at the mm-hmm. theater, forty minutes at. Finally, this woman, Carol, Carol, I can't remember last name. Carol, if you're out there, please, I'd love to say thank you to you. She said to me, hey, I'm doing, doing one-person one person shows at my uh, theater, Osama Studio Theater. Are you doing a one-person? You have one person? I said, yeah, well, I never did it together. But uh, yeah, she goes, you want to do it at the theater? It's called the West Fest. I said, okay. So I went there, and I figured it was like my theater class, you know. So I'm in the back, and... Yeah, what well, you know, getting ready. This I, is gonna be the first time you're for, doing the whole, whole thing. thing. First time I'm doing the whole thing, the whole thing. How big is the theater? Uh, three hundred seats. Three hundred seats. Sorry, I I just figured, you know, it's just gonna be right. like a class. Uh huh. Wow. Right. I get there. I never told the story too much. I get there. I wash my face. I hear like a lot of people out there. Oh I go, shit! I go. I go. <laughs> she walks in. I go. Hey, Carol. How many people you get for this class? She goes. Class. She goes, no, there's 300 people paid. <laughs> I went like this. I said, what? What? Oh, my God. 300 people are out there? She said, yeah. I said, holy shit. Oh, my God. Ready. Okay. You know what I have? Like I do it now. I have a chair out there. A chair. Yeah, that's what he has. Just a chair. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. No music. No. No lights. Nothing. Just one light on the stage. No music. No lights. So I said, okay, um, I, I wash my face, I look in the mirror and I go, you know, I was always just crazy confident. And I said, let's do it. I went out there and I'm doing it. And I'm hearing, you know that, you know that laser yeah. when you feel it. Uh-huh. You, know, you, know, oh, yeah, you know when you're yeah, on stage, yeah, yeah, you yeah. feel and it's right you, there. you know uh-huh. I am like, I'm, an, I'm channeled, God is just, Got his hand on, got his thumb on my head, and I'm like, I'm going through the characters and wow. thing, laughter, 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 and then finally end, I go, see you around, Sonny, like this, like roar, like, you never heard wow. before. like a roar of people, and I was like, I was, I, then I woke up, I was stunned, and they're clapping and clapping, wow. and cheering and cheering, and I'm like, Okay, so but here's the key. That's amazing. Here's the key. What's the key? We walk outside. You know how it is. Everybody's talking, and finally we go, "Hey, they're putting the lights on. We got to leave." Yeah. We get outside to the front. Now my car was parked three blocks away because I had rope around the door and I had this broken antenna. I was embarrassed anyway. So I'm 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 standing there, but everybody everybody leaves. They're, All right, Chaz, great. Oh, Chaz, we love it. Oh man, I can't wait to see this. And now I'm alone. I'm on the corner all by myself. Everybody kind of left. And I'm like, and I'm walking towards my car, right? Three, like two blocks away. I'm walking towards my car and I'm going, and all of a sudden I go like this. I scream. Wow. I mean, a gut from the bottom of my gut. I go, and I thought it was like 25 years. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was twenty. Woo! It I was, love that. It was twenty-five years of frustration that yes, uh, release. I have something. Release. I have 
something. This is That's what it. I know that feeling. So then, this is it. So then people come out the window. Are you all right? I went. I'm great. <laughs> and I and I walked to my car. You know, and I got in my 1972 Honda wow, Civic. It's so beautiful. And I knew I was on my way. God, that's where that was the moment. That was the moment. I knew. I just knew. And then obviously everybody knows the story, but everybody said, no, then De Niro walked in. I never heard this story. This I is never the heard best this story. Well, this one, I don't this tell. This one is the best. I never heard this one. I don't one. really tell this one. You know why? Because this one is like it's personal. the beginning, beginning, beginning. That was the very beginning. beginning. That was the first time I did the show, and I screamed. Catherine, I screamed. It was I almost must have, like. I must have hurt myself. It must have been like animalistic. It was that. Oh, totally. Yeah. Like. Ah! Yeah. Oh like, my god! Like habitual, like you don't shit. even know it's just coming out of you. Yeah. That's beautiful. And I got in that car, and uh, I, I just would drove home, and I was so happy. I was so happy. I said, "Okay, I think I got something. I got, I got something. it. I got." That's when I really knew. And then, obviously, when I did the show, and all the great reviews came out. And then all of a sudden, all these stars were coming to see it. Where did you do the show first? At Where, the sixty seat theater, the court theater. When I did it, no, at the West Coast Ensemble, I did it there, sixty seats, and it was, it was just it was too much. We were getting a lines of a hundred people. Then I moved into the Theater West, where there was three hundred people. I was selling that out every day, and and people were coming. This for, was all word of mouth. This was when the reviews came out in Variety. From from what from what show? Not from the show you just told the us about. Show, yes. From the from the festival you told us about just now. No, when I finally. I borrowed money off my friend oh, okay. who lent me $40, <laughs> and I put it up at this little theater, the 60-seat theater. Wow. And people were talking about it. It became this rage. So word of mouth. Word of mouth was like, and then the Cult. reviews came out. They said it was this, they, you, know, the, you know, the reviews. They never said anything like it. It was all these incredible things they wrote about me. It was embarrassing. Unbelievable. You know? And then, you know, all of a sudden, yeah. Jerry Weintraub, all the people at CAA, all the people at ICM. How, what did Jerry, you know, I was always a big fan of him. He wanted to make it. Al Ruddy. I love Al Ruddy. Jerry oh, Al Ruddy from God. The Offer. The Al offer, Ruddy saw yeah. it. Al Ruddy wanted to do it. They, he said, I love this thing. Oh, my Wait, God. Wait, you said, what happened with Al Ruddy? Al Ruddy, God bless, he's about 92 right now. He probably oh. doesn't remember. I was in the bathroom at a Palm Hotel. He doesn't remember. I was taking a leak, and he came right next to me. He goes, oh, shit, I love your play. I'll do it. And he start, he's talking to me about the movie. And I said, one second. You know, I, I wanted to... He doesn't remember that, but that's a true story. I don't know if he remembers that. But everybody wanted it. Wow. And I'll, I'll tell you how bad, how crazy it was. ICM, William Morris, and CAA were chasing me. Now, I, I couldn't even get on the same block before I uh. wrote Bronx Tale, right? Mm -hmm. Now they're all chasing me. So my car would overheat a lot because it had a little... <laughs> Had a little hole in the radiator, yeah. kept, so I had to keep putting water yeah, in the yeah. car. So finally, I I forgot to put water in, and I drove out, and my car overheated. So I called up William Morris. I said, "Hey, listen, guys, would you tell Fred? Fred Westheimer was my agent, and, and Lee Cohen. I said, would you tell them I'm going to be late? I I don't know if I can make today my car. They said, "All right, we'll get right back to you." I said, "Okay." All of a sudden, I get this call from my agent, Fred Westheimer, and Lee Cohen. What happened? You didn't sign with anybody else. I said, "No, no, no, my." I'm being honest with you. My car. Mm -hmm. They said, all right, just don't move. Stay right there. So what the hell is that about? An hour later, I get a knock on the door. Open the door. There's this guy there. 
a little Spanish guy with a kind of a uniform on, like a brown uniform. He goes, you Chaz Palmateri? I go, yeah. He goes, come with me. I go, whoa, whoa, where are we going? He goes, come down, come down the parking lot. I go down the parking lot, and in the parking lot is a 1989 Cadillac Eldorado. <laughs> Black saddle interior. And he says, here, we are Mars. They, they got this for you. Don't be late for the meeting. Shit, that ain't happening today. I, was I like, love that I was like, story. I was like, what? I call them up. I go, what's going on? They said, no, no, no. We leased it for you for two years. I said, but I didn't. For two years? Two years. I said, I didn't sign with you. I haven't decided oh. yet. They said, it's okay. Wow. If you don't sign with us, it's fine. That's our gift to you. Oh. That's how much Did we you believe sign? in you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not that moment, but I did right. end up signing with wow. them. But I ended up signing with them, and it was the best thing ever. What was the other agent at William Morris that he was? It was like a, like a street guy too, kind of. What's his name? He he was your was he your agent for a minute? Oh, Johnny Planko. I remember being on a. No, he wasn't my agent, but he was at William Morris. Okay, I remember being on a set of a Bronx Tale. I had nothing. It was just no agent, nothing. Right. I remember coming out of the building. It was the day I did the scene on the fire skate with Bob. Right. And this guy kept staring, and I I came out. I came downstairs to go. We had a break to go eat lunch. And I'm ne- I never had this done to me. Again, this is my first time. I'm breaking my cherry here. He goes, <laughs> we're popping it. Johnny Plunko, William Morris. And I was like, whoa, it's an agent. I was like, wow. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. I always remember Johnny. Johnny and I always Plunko, thought he yeah. was the sweetest guy. He was a sweet guy. He passed away. He oh. did? He originally passed away, but he was a great guy. A great guy. But that's when... Sorry to hear that. You know, I mean, it was crazy. I had a great time doing it. And I'm still doing it. Go to chastpalmentary.net. Ah. <laughs> no, it's... Shameless. Really see it. No, be shameless because it's a it's a game changer. It's a game changer if you've seen the movie. It's a game changer. 33 minutes on a Bronx tale. Who would have thunk it? Right, wow. That's great. I didn't realize we were going to do hey, that. Hey, that's when you know how good a movie is, that you can really be deep into this kind I of mean, and let's And let's all say, I mean, let's not forget... That Bob, how great was Bob in the movie? Because I always tell people, great. people always go, you know, uh, I thought Bob was going to play your part. I said, no, Bob. First of all, Bob knew I was going to play that part. But Bob, he wanted to play the smaller part because uh. he was going to direct it. And I thought him as my father incredible. was incredible. Like, incredible. You know, showy, not a showy part, but just hot and stand up and great acting. I thought he was incredible. It was true to the character. That's what was so great so about true. it. You see somebody like Bob who plays all those movies as a mafia guy, yeah. or this, and you you see him in that in a mafia movie. Even if we say it's a family movie, it's, yeah. it's and you really go, wow, that's a range. Well, yes. I have a question about his performance in A Bronx Tale. Actually, yeah, um, I noticed when you're on stage, you deliver these lines exactly like he does in the movie. Did you get that from him, or did he get that from you? You said that what? Did, so when you deliver the line like "Hello, son," what yeah. are you doing? Yeah, you say it just like he did in the movie. Did he get that from you, or did you get that no, from him? No, I don't think. I, I it just so happens it ended up that way. Bob does his own thing. Uh, Bob didn't get anything from me. He does one thing about Bob. He, he is he is the you know about Bob. He's like originality. It's a confidence that you confidence. gotta have when you work with Bob. You gotta have a confidence because he'll say the lines in the script and he'll do it, but then sometimes he'll work off those lines. And then sometimes he'll go, he'll do this thing where he likes to repeat the line three yeah. or four times yeah. in a row. Yeah. Where he wants you to give him the line so he can repeat it mm-hmm. again. Because he does it three or four different ways. Yeah. And I actually 
learn that from Bob where I do it in th movies too because this way you give the editor three different ways mm -hmm. to cut and say it. Yeah. You know, but it takes great confidence to do that <laughs> and to work with him like that. Great confidence. What else I respect about you guys is you guys aren't just limited in terms of what you guys can play like the, the strict, stern actors. I mean, right. you guys can also do comedies too, which I think is great. Yeah, well, comedy is... You know, I remember when Bob was doing uh, his first time he did uh, uh, analyze, this. analyze this. He wasn't sure if he wanted to do it because he didn't want to make fun of his characters all these years. And when I read it, I mean, every, well, everybody told him, I said, Bob, this is funny, man. and You're going to be great in it. Because Bob is very funny. Yeah, yeah. you guys you have range. Oh, yeah. He's funny. He, people don't funny. think in real life he's funny. If he lets his guard down if with you. If he lets his guard down. You, oh, funny. He's funny. Really. So, uh, when he, so obviously, then he just, you know, Meet the Fuckers and uh, all those comedy oh, movies. so that, good. No, yeah, but you were funny in Bullets Over Broadway. Yes. Yeah, well, I started the in comedy. Academy Award nominee for that, no? I did, yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, and Night at the Roxbury, too, you were funny in that. Night in the Roxbury was very funny. Hey, listen, we had a... This has been great. It's I didn't know great. we were going to talk for almost 40 minutes on Bronxdale. But you know what? Um, it deserves it. Yeah. But I want, before we end, I want to ask you... I want to ask you both one question. Oh. When did you know, okay, I'm, I, I made, not I made it, but I'm here. Was it that night you just described about seeing a Bronx Tale? No, it was actually, to me, I made it by making it into the audition room with you and Bob. Really? I made it right there. Wow. I made it there. Really? Yeah. You felt... Who okay. Who the hell comes off a street and walks off a street, does a quick audition with a casting director, and then a day later you're sitting on Robert De Niro's lap in an audition? And Chaz Palmer's every sitting there. Yeah, I didn't I, know you, yeah. but still, I felt like this is godly, whatever's happening to uh, me right godly, now. Yeah. This is godly, whatever's happening to me right now. This is not just luck. Mm -hmm. This is supposed to be. This is my destiny. Wow. And I'm stopping at one stop on on my journey. This is a stop of my journey, and it's gonna and it's not gonna stop here. Like it answered and assured wow. me I was where I was supposed so to be. So even if you didn't get the pod, you would have been working. I made it in that room. Wow. And let me tell you something. I'm gonna say this to the people out there. She has no idea who the people she beat out. I'm talking about name actors at the time, and quite a few of them. God, we must have saw. A, hundred people for that role. And and you? Whatever. Natural. Was it natural? You came and you beat everybody out. How about you, Tara? When did you know that, you know what? Okay. I'm good, man. I belong here. I don't know that yet. <laughs> Come on. I'm a comedian. We're dark. We never Comedians? think we Comedians? Oh, my. They're not like us. We're They're no. dark. I think a few years in when a few of the bigger name comics started recommending me places. I don't know if I had a defining moment. You know, I can say very much. I'll say this. I'll say that on April 14th, on Good Friday, six years ago, when Phil Folia brought you to a comedy club in a strip mall in Yonkers, yeah. that I said, people are recognizing you now. It, you weren't there for any other reason. You weren't. I was not even the headliner on the show. So if anybody is listening to this and wants to try something, I was not even the feature, uh, featured act that evening. 
I was the opening act that Chaz came to see because somebody else saw me. And I think at that moment, I said, I'm doing something right. I don't know. That guy right there. That guy right here. Who is, uh, and I think that, and then I think it took like a day later, and I got, and I think you had called me. I'm like, you have great stage presence, and I was like, I don't know if there's a better compliment to get from the man who's mastered the one man show that I have great stage presence. I didn't he didn't say I was the best comedian. He didn't say it was the funniest he'd ever saw. But I said I'm going to take whatever he just said. I have stage presence. That's my strength. That's what I'm going to use. Yeah. And you did. that's you what are. I used for the next year till we produced a show together. I used stage presence. So if I had a defining moment, it was because of the Bronx sale. <laughs> it was it was because of the Bronx. It was because What's the name of your friend? I'm sorry, who passed away? I just had a friend pass away, Steve. Oh, I wanted to just say, you know, Wanted you to give him a shout out. He was somebody who saw in me what I didn't see in myself. No, similar to the way he's Chad, a guy who yes, saw yeah, something well, in her. Similar she to the told way me. Phil did, and it's those people in life: Chaz, Catherine, who champions me religiously, uh, Phil Folia, Steve Zengel, uh, Rich Voss, who's been a guest on this podcast, who said, who believed in me enough when I did not believe in myself, uh, which is the key moment you know for me to go oh they believe in you <laughs> you know sometimes you need that and you yeah. go and then you don't want to disappoint the people that believe in you but how could you not believe in yourself if you were up on a stage if you you know it's, it's a very hard thing yeah. as a it's, comedian i don't understand that right just, you know those beginning years those beginning years it's just you it's just you on a stage yeah you don't know who your audience is you don't know who you're talking to you haven't yeah. learned your voice yet yeah. yeah you are going up you're live auditioning every single night but for you your know part. that there's something or you wouldn't be on the stage i know that there's a, an ink uh, something in me that says i want to do this right and this, you can do and it and i can do yeah, it yeah and you can but, do it but but i'm a live audition every night yeah that's, i'm a live stand -up audition comedy is, every is night. tough but oh, boy. I think so, too. Oh, my God. And then you get those moments and those people. I'm sorry. I always say this. This is my my line that I think I came up with. Nobody else has said that they've claimed it first. I go, I may get up on that stage alone, but I didn't get up on that stage alone. Yeah. It took the people that believed yeah. in me, the people on this podcast, the people who are other guests who have been on this podcast. It took the Phil Folias. Yes, uh, that's right. The Steve Zengels. Uh, for the rich bosses, for for me to be right. where I am, the Dino Ibellies, the you know all those people that say, okay, I'm gonna believe in you. Just be good at mm -hmm. what you do, and be well liked, and you know what, you'll be successful. I really believe that. Be good at what you do and be well liked. Be kind. Because people, nobody makes it alone. Alone. No. You know, everybody helps each other. Bob De Niro, God bless him, what he did for me. Okay, uh, so it, it's... And whatever you do in the arts, it has to come from the hearts. It, it has no, to, it really does. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Anything from art has to come from the heart. It has yeah. to. And everybody at every moment feels, wow, I don't know if this is good. Steven Spielberg, I remember, said to me, and I'm not dropping names, I was over his house in Pacific Palisades. I don't know him. It was the first time I ever met him. I did not ever meet him again after that, but it was one time. I was over his house, and we talked, and he said, in every movie he's ever done, there's one moment where he's looking through the lens and says, my career's over, this is a piece of shit, what did I do? So I always said, if he could feel that way in a moment, anybody could. Right. That's part of the artist. That's part of who we are. You know, it's 
sometimes you know you have tremendous confidence sometimes you're not sure but that's part of the the daringness and the danger me and deborah messing were talking after we filmed um Alternate. we were filming alto nights and i remember i said i don't know what the hell i did in that scene like we'd say how'd your day go how'd your day go yeah. and i'd say i don't know what the hell i did in there but i I like I just want that day back to go back and redo right, it because right. when you leave, you think of what you should have did or could have did better. Yeah, you never satisfied as an actor. Yeah, and she the said, comedian. "Oh my God, me too." Like I feel the same way. We should do a whole episode on imposter syndrome. I swear. Do you the know what imposter? Oh, imp sure, yeah. Imposter syndrome is a huge thing. That's exactly what Catherine just. Yeah, described. but we don't have. I don't have that. We don't have that. There's no, no, but there is a no, yeah. no, no. My wife gets mad at me because I have so much confidence, and it's the truth. Oh no, I don't. It's the truth. <laughs> she goes, "How could you be so confident?" I go, "I, I don't could, know. I could give a great, That's I could do a, a great set. It's, it is a gift to you. I could do a great set, and then I'll focus on the one joke that I didn't feel hit right or the trend. I, I only. That's a, yeah. That doesn't mean you're not that's confident. Me. Yeah, that no, mean it's true. I'm confident. I'm just. I focus on the. If the you're never happy, that means you're just always trying to be better. Yeah. If you're satisfied with what you did, then that's it. That's all you got. Do you get hurt if somebody writes a bad review about you? No, not anymore. Not any Do you, Catherine? I never. I haven't seen a bad review yet. I'm not saying that's because I never saw Social anything. media. I, I, I can only say oh, my anything. review is oh, social. I have been hit yeah. so hard recently yeah. from a video I did. Oh, I got banged. Yeah, social hardest. media. Oh, I got banged. I oh. get hit. And social now media. I go, oh, thank you for watching. Thank you for what? Thank you for helping the yeah, algorithm. Social yeah. media. You've gotten a bad review. Yeah. How yeah. does it make you feel? A, but first of all, I don't know about. It. I didn't read it, but I heard about it. Oh, Somebody I love told me, that. "Oh, that guy gave you a bad review." I go, "Really? Huh? So what? I don't give a shit." I wish. I I, wish. I, but see, the, the, I don't read the great reviews either. That, that's worse. I don't read any reviews. The only reviews I ever read were Bronx Tale. Do you watch your own? Do you watch your own work? Sometimes there's seven movies that I did I never saw. Why though? Because you didn't like. Your <clears throat> no, I was supposed to go to the premiere and I couldn't go because I did another movie and I just I don't know I just I I don't find myself wanting to sit there and watch it. I know the movie came out good. I heard it came out good. I feel it was good. I heard it. I, I see it did well. You know that's why I don't I don't really. Uh... Did you watch yourself on uh, Godfather Harlem episodes? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I watched not 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 when it came out. Uh, later on, I watched it after I was, after I was uh, almost off at the time. After the two years, I watched it. Because I remember, I mean, you had a, co a, co a conversation about yeah. the, the the sun thing. Remember when you had a, they were burying the sun up yeah, the bones? Yeah, yeah. And that was some good work from you. That was yeah. some deep work. And I yeah, I never if saw you that. Saw one. I saw that one later on. Yes, oh. but I don't. I mean, I, I could watch myself because I sometimes because I write and I, I have to edit myself. When I'm doing it, and I, uh, it doesn't bother me. You watch yourself, Kevin? Um, once, and then that's it. Like I always see everything yeah, once. Yeah, once. Yeah, if anything, it's once. Oh, that's yeah. definite. Once. Yeah, uh, but uh, like I said, there's some I never even saw. Comics never want to watch them. Honestly, <laughs> I watched Euphoria like three times. Because not for me. I just, to me, I was really watching Sam's work, not my work. Yeah. Because I love the show, and I watched Euphoria. That first sequence of me getting out of the car, not for me, for the wardrobe, for the music, yeah. for the stylized, yes. it was so stylized, the camera work. I really wasn't looking at me. I was looking at 
the hole. And of you have really. also was. the opening of one of the most awaited seasons. Yes. It, season one took off right. so bad. I think I think the New York Times said, and it had a lot to do with Catherine, regardless of everything else she just explains, but probably one of the be- the best op- openings to a, a season, a weighted season. Yes. That oh, they, I love uh, it. oh, opening. The best. The best. Open- they gave it that they voted it the best opening of a um, TV series. Uh, definitely. Yeah, yeah it yeah. was incredible. I think I've told you this before too, but the first time I watched Euphoria, when your scene came on, you gave me a phone call right as your scene came on, and I was like, "Holy shit, I'm watching you right now on oh, Euphoria." That's funny. It was just wild. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, isn't what we do is great, right? It is great. You know, comedy. This, was great. this whole uh, thing. This acting. whole episode we, was We great. are blessed. We work. We do this, and we make money and make a living. And we are blessed. And, because of all of you. Okay, and because of all of you guys. And we want to thank you so much. So that's it for the show today. And listen, I, I don't know where we went over. We just go off sometimes. So <laughs> how, could, how could somebody find you, Tara? Find me at Chaz's house. No, no, oh, no, no, I'm sorry. Uh, find me at Tara Jokes everywhere. Tara Jokes everywhere. Instagram everywhere. Instagram, all, can, all they, the channels. They can find out if they want to come and see you. Just Please come. Yeah, if you want to come to a show, tarajokes.com. I'm, I'm a, a lot of different places. From Stanford, Connecticut. Stanford, Connecticut. Coming up. Uh, fair, fair, no. Piss that pass. Uh, Stanford, Connecticut. Look at her calendar Jersey. on Instagram. It's the first thing. Yes. And look at her camera on <laughs> um, her first, what is it, post on Instagram? Yes. yes. And Catherine, Colorado, Montreal, right. Canada. Canada, all over. Catherine starring in movies with Bob De Niro playing his wife again. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> my God, she loves to play Bob De Niro's wife. And um, and Catherine, you're writing. you got something that you, you might be. I'm just writing for myself. It's very lethargic and, and comforting, and I love it. It's and it's beautiful. And, it's, and, it's, yeah. and, it's and I read some of it, and it's beautiful. wonderful. Thank you. And you know where I'll be, uh, chazpometary.net, if you want to come and see the show. Uh, don't forget, wait a minute, June 17th, they're showing Bronx Tale at the Tribeca yes. Film Festival. June 17th. And he's doing a Q&A with and De Niro Bob De Niro and myself after. are going to be doing a Q&A at the end of it. It's going to be pretty damn amazing. Yeah, I mean, okay, June 17th, Tribeca Film oh Festival. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll see you next week.